Are you a victim crippled by the minotaur in the labyrinth of your mind? Or will you fight your biggest challenges like Theseus and fulfill your potential? My name is Zulfakar and welcome to the Minotaur's Maze. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Minotaur's Maze. Now my guest today is Kostan Ahamuza, who, um, who was born in Uganda but arrived in the UK in 2005. Um, Kostan has nearly 13 years experience in the accounting sector, which began uh, with Benson, Benison Solvers uh, before he opened his own accountancy firm. Um, he then started his deal-making journey, whereby he bought a consultancy company um, and has recently completed a deal in Africa, which will be the topic of today's discussion. Karsten, thank you for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be, um, to be, on, uh, to be on your show. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, just to kick things off, um, can you quickly introduce yourself? You know, um, tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you started and, and, and where you are now. Yeah, so... Um, well, like you've you've said, came here in um, in two thousand five. I believe that you know for for the listeners, most of the listeners will be in the UK or maybe in the West. So I will edit out the Ugandan story. Um, so, um, so I came here in two thousand five. Um, just like anybody, you just come. It's it's a new canvas. You don't know anything about you know how things work, and you have to start out. Um, so, you, I first did a few odd jobs, like anyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, before then going in to um, study for, for accounting. Okay. Um, before coming here, I was, I was obviously running my own business in Uganda. So okay. I always wanted to, to do accounts because when it came to accounting, we, I always went to an accountant to do our numbers and stuff like that. So I thought um, if I had a few, you know, a few days to spare, um, and if I was to go back to school, I would go into accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, Bearing in mind, like anyone who comes here, you come with a hope that you're going to go back home. Um, so I thought I would do accounting, then I go back home to my business and I do what I can do. So that's how I entered into accounting. Um, every year I always say I'm going to go back. Probably I'm going to say that to you next year when I meet you, I'm going to go back next year. Um, but no, that's, that's what I, you know, that's a brief story about me. Um, so yeah, Ben, the, the boring stuff, married to boys. Uh, they keep me um they keep me busy uh, but it, on the other reason i bring them up it's it's pretty much my why um you get up every day to just you know you work your socks off to make sure you give them a good life and um and you know you you pass on what your parents gave you you also try to do a better job so yeah that's 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 pretty much personal and and my um professional life obviously after joining accounting never went back to uganda um, and started, you know, looking for small companies and um, from Benson Solvers where I was working in the partnership. And then um, the partner at the time I had, and it was always in a small business space, the partner I had was more into property deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we decided that the best way probably was I was to start on my own and maybe see how I can grow the, uh, the practice. So that's how I then ventured in and started our CT accountants. Um, and then, yeah, so I cracked on with that um, until I became a deal maker. Okay, so in terms of the deal making, then um, was this something that you always wanted to do, or did you come across something which turned your attention towards it? 
Um, so how did you really get started in deal making? Um, I actually I started deal making because um, I was getting into trouble. So because we were, I was having small businesses, and most of these small businesses were contractors. Um, so you know, and obviously even now, as you know, come May, come next April, we're having another crunch on contractors, yeah. especially in the private sector. So I had so many contractors in the um, in the government sector, especially NHS actually, um, and then quite a couple of IT guys. So once the government started cracking down on them and making them go back into employment rather than having contracts under a limited company. So I was losing more than half of my clients. So I needed to do something that was big um, that could turn around and give me that income that I was having. Um, and that's how I, you know, stumbled into the m and um, as a way to actually help me achieve that. And that's how I started. Okay. And um, what was the time when it was how many years ago was that or? So that was so the, that was 2015. So that was around 2015 time, um, and then um, yeah. So I did my went into 2015, uh, closed the first deal in 2016. Um, yeah, so that's okay, how. So I, talk to us about the first deal. So when you first decided that you're going to look for a company, what was your mindset like? You know, um, before you started, and, and did you have an idea of what you were looking for? Um, and then how did you basically go out and, and, and look for those deals and, and how did it basically start? So for me, the, the low hanging fruit was as always um, using agents or brokers, whichever country you belong to, whichever way you're going to call them, it's the mm -hmm. same thing. Um, so the first deal, I actually got a couple of um, leads from the brokers. The first, okay. yes, yeah, so I got three. I remember, I remember them vividly. There were three companies that I went for a meeting for. Um, it was um, um, an IT company. It was uh, um, uh, it was um, an IT company. It was then a software um, slash um, supply into the NHS um, and obviously a consultancy company. So it's consulting because mainly they were French people um, and the lady that sold the company to me. Um, wasn't an accountant, so was more doing business support and almost, you know, helping them break the ground into the UK. So that's how I felt that I would then add on my accounting services, so then I could create something that would be bigger and slightly more, uh, more profitable. So yeah, that's how um, I was attracted to the deal. And origination-wise, I got it from the broker, um, and the rest is history. Okay, so talk to us about the the first deal that you completed then. Um, you know, what, what were the, some of the numbers before um, and what was the deal structure, if, if you can go through that, um, and, and how long did it take the whole process from start to finish? Okay, that's, um, so the process took slightly longer than, than probably would take me now. Um, the numbers, um, so the numbers, turnover-wise, it was about 450, 450K. Mm -hmm. um, and the profit on that was about 200. So, yeah, so that was the profit and that was, those were the numbers. Um, at the time, at the time of the deal, they were, so they were almost like two companies in one um, and kept them separate. I don't know for what, for some reason. So it was the deal, joining, um, joining the two companies was 450 um, and then uh, we never actually put them together. We just left them apart. 
um, you know, for tax reasons, that's how she had left them and we paid them. I paid my stamp duty across them, but across them and, and even onto a different, um, to a different account. So yeah, it was just completely joining them on almost on closing. Um, and the structure was that we paid, oh, so the structure is crazy. It's a long story. So at first we, we couldn't raise the finance, um, that was needed in time. Okay, so uh, what was the first um, um, offer that you that was agreed? Basically, what what, what was agreed initially? The, the 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 original offer agreed was to pay um, a third on closing, um, a third after one, actually a third after six months, and then another third after a year after. So in eighteen months, basically. So we were paying everything in less than two years. Um, I guess looking back, I was quite aggressive. Uh, maybe I needed the company. Probably I would get different terms now, but I really wanted it. And she says she wanted out and she wanted out so quick. And then I gave her that offer. Um, but then when we went into raising the finance, um, we couldn't raise that finance to cover um, that fast payment. Mm-hmm. We ended up splitting the fast payment, um, ended up paying a very small closing fee um, and then paying her um, about, Ten thousand pounds a month for the next okay. for the next um, seven months. So yeah, that's how we covered our fast payment, uh, our fast payment, and then obviously we could raise money on the after six months. So that's how we raised the second payment, um, and then obviously the, the the other payment after. So yeah, that's how um, that's how it went. So basically, just to clarify, then you had an offer which was agreed with the the seller. You couldn't raise a payment for it. And then you you made another offer, and the seller then accepted the the subsequent offer. Now, was there any um, uh, you know did the seller come back to you say why are you doing this, or was there any chance of the deal falling apart, or or were they happy to accept the new offer despite the initial offer being agreed? Um, so she she wanted out, and part of the reason I gave her was that you know the the company wasn't fetching the finance that I thought would happen. Um, and she was up for it. She, she wasn't pushed about the money she wanted just to get out of the company, but obviously she wanted some money as well. So she, she never really, at least I negotiated that over an email. I just sent an email. <laughs> um, literally I was, yeah, literally I structured an email um, and sent it through and the reply came back and said, it's fine. I'm okay with that. Wow. Uh, and um, yeah, so we, we then took it on. Brilliant. So, so how, from start to finish, when you, complete, when you became the owner, how long would you say the whole thing took then? Seriously? Um, so I originated this in the summer 2015. And I remember I was in Japan at the time. Um, so I was spending about a month that was the longest holiday I was having in a very long time. So I was having about three weeks a month in Japan. That was in August. Um, came back in September and then started the, started the whole process. Um, and by June, by June, I had closed the deal. So, um, yeah, took less than, less than a year. Just a year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell, talk to us a little bit about your mindset then. So how, did you have any fears or any doubts when you started or during the process? And, you know, what were some of the biggest obstacles in, 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 in getting that deal across the line other than the financing? Or? Um, 
I was absolutely scared to death. Um, they, like, I remember the first deal. So I went to the meeting um, and I couldn't get my head around just sitting down, negotiating an LBO because I knew that I couldn't pay for it um, from my own resources at the time. Um, unless if I did something um, drastically different. So I remember going with, I remember really sitting down and, and I had a friend um, who I said, you know, you want to come around with me? This guy was was a seasoned business in advisor. So I came with him to the meeting and I came with my lawyer as well. Um, so that's how, um, that's how um, panic, it, I can't say panicking, but that's how lack of God, that's how I was low on confidence. So went three people in, we started the conversation, but then as we went along, I grew up, I grew in confidence. Um, so the subsequent meetings, I took them on my, on my own, but the first meeting, um, yes, I needed to gather my, my confidence and, and that's how I went into that meeting with other people. But yeah. Um, after that, I think that, you know, getting the numbers in and, and looking at how uh, things would work. And then I, I got a couple of um, offers on finance. Um, then I started getting, gaining more confidence on that. So, yeah, that's, I don't know whether I've answered your question, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so um, other than the financing, then, were there any other major obstacles that, that maybe stopped the deal or stalled it or dragged it longer than it should have or anything like that? No, I don't think um, it's not. It's uh, other than the fine. Actually, the financing was the was the problem. Not say so if it wasn't the financing, actually, the deal could have been closed in in three four months. Okay, so so no issues with any of the the lawyers or the accountants doing the due diligence, and it was just literally agreeing the deal with the other side uh, seller and getting the financing and closing. Absolutely. So I think when I came in. Um, obviously, I had to first establish a number of people that could give me the finance. Say, I started the old school, the old school way, going to the high, going to my first of all, I back with Barclays. So, went to Barclays, um, you know, putting an, um, a meeting up with Barclays. You know, it took a couple of weeks. Got a, got into the meeting. By the time I put in my um, my plan and everything I wanted to do, they're like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. I went to NatWest. And I tried to use the, I think it's called the enterprise scheme. Um, that didn't work. So, yeah, so I had a long drag on looking for the finance. Um, so that is why it took so long. But had I been, um, yeah, obviously everything comes with experience. Now you know that the high street is less likely to give you money on an LBO. Um, so you you have other lenders where you're going to go fast. It's going to be slightly expensive, but you know that you have a chance of closing the deal faster than you go, you're going on the high street. So yeah, the, to me, the um, um, obviously the lawyers have their own delays um, because that took in about a month and a half um, for them to, you know, to even when everything was agreed, everything was in play. It took about a month and a half just literally going through the legals back and forth, back and forth. And um, yeah, so yeah, it never really had a chance of, you know, not going through. Um, I never really 
felt at any time that it wasn't going to go through after we got the um the finals sorted. So um apart from the finals, I never found any any problem. We had built a good relationship and um it was quite strong to the extent that I changed the structure twice or three times. Wow. Uh, and okay. she was happy with that, yeah. Okay, okay. So it wasn't just once, it changed two, three times and um it still got the deal through. So is that all about the relationship that you build then? So how 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 would you say you were successful with that deal despite changing the structure? So it's it's interesting. We had built a relationship that was really good. Um to the extent that I hired two employees before I signed the deal. Wow. Okay. Uh, I was yeah, say any employee that could be hired before I even go in. I would I'll be the one to make the decision. So in her head, I was the owner of the business. Um, four months before we, I got the keys. Right. Uh, so I remember that the longest, yeah, so that I hired one guy to go in um, who would be the GM and she agreed to work with him and pay him as I sought out the final staff. So I had already a GM who would give me the information that I need even before I bought the business. Um, so that's how, that's how close uh, a relationship I had built with the, with the lady. And then, yeah, so then we had, and one of the long serving employees never knew that she was sailing and, and she wanted to, to go away. So we had to hire another employee to replace her um, and then at that time, my GM and me interviewed the lady um, and the seller didn't want anything to do with that. So in her mind, whatever we did, we had the business and that's why it never really had any problem to, to see the deal not close. Brilliant. And, and how's that business going for you now? Obviously, you've, you've owned it for a couple of years, two, three years now. Is yeah. it growing? Um, how, what have you, how much time are you spending in that business yourself? Have you made hires? We've 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 made hires. Uh, we've also fired some, right. which is which is never uh, which is never ideal. Mm-hmm. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, we changing the business slightly from what it used to be. Um, uh, it used to be highly geared on the um, on the French people. Um, obviously, you know we've had Brexit, so that will have an effect. Um, and people coming in and, and trying to do what they used to do. Um, but, you know, on the whole, happy with it. Um, and I'll be excited to see how we can take it on a, on a, new, on a, new, on a new road. So it's, it's, it's good. But in terms of working in, um, actually, I got another GM uh, last month. Um, and probably the GM is going to um, take over from me. So... Uh, maybe I'm gonna be working less than less than ten hours a month in in that um, because I I wouldn't want to put my effort on something different. Brilliant. Okay, so you're doing your first deal, and how many deals have you done now altogether? And can you talk to some of them before we move on to the deal in Africa? Yeah, well, um, I've done, I've then added on to, I've added on to that one with another. Um, another small business um, consulting. I've then added on, I've then gone into childcare, um, uh, done, a, done two deals in childcare, um, and literally now combined them together. So, yeah, so I've done childcare um, and, and business consulting and accounting. So, 
yeah, that's those are those are that's what I've done in the UK. Um, what I've done in the UK, which probably will be too early to talk about the numbers. No, I can actually talk about the numbers, but they're crazy. Uh, so can I done... just say um, the the voice has gone down a little, a little bit? Can you? Okay, can you? Is that better? That's better now. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So probably let me get my volume up. Um, so yeah, so the the last one that we did in the UK, but it has a tail in Africa is um, in oil and gas. Right. Uh, so yeah, I've done two deals in Africa. One in Uganda, that was um, where we've we've going into the um, tourism hotel and hotel and tourism management um this is just getting tourists going for the safari and, and going for some of these crazy places beautiful places um if you want to go to the source of the nile or you want to go and see the gorillas and or you want to go to you know to go um you know there's so much stuff to do on the safari um yeah so we can then give you packages so that's 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 one that's what we're looking for. Um, and the other one is, um, it's a UK company, it's a UK deal, but we're delivering in, in Equatorial Guinea, in Malabo. Okay. That will see us go into oil and gas. Um, so, yeah, those are the two deals I think. Okay, and, and are these uh, LBOs or what's the structure or, you know, on these deals? You say the, the hotel, um, the tourism is, is, is an LBO, it's a full seller finance. Um, 100% seller finance. Um, that completely 100% seller finance. So that's an LBO. We'll see. We'll have to do a bit of improvement um, to the site that is there um, before we then expand into new sites. So we have a plan for that. Um, and currently, the, the GM is, is is cracking on and on um, on getting new sites set up and. Um, and then trying to see how we can actually improve um, improve the capacity, you know, getting more getting more numbers, whether it's getting into um, tents or glamping, whichever way you want to call it. Um, and then obviously some people always want the comfort, you know, of a proper you know hotel rooms. But equally, we want to do it in a way that you feel that you're on safari rather than feeling in a five star hotel. Um, you want to feel a bit a bit of adventure, but equally you want to feel that you have the the necessities that you could enjoy um, if you're if you're at home. So yeah, so that's well, that's that's what we're creating, and, and that was um, pure uh, seller finance. Okay, so it's pure seller finance. Are you paying them in monthly installments, yearly? How many years? Uh, and yeah. tell us a little bit more about the structure. So the structure of a deal is that we will. Oh, this is crazy. Say, so I have to build. Um, the guy who sold me the um, detail of the business um, on the site, which is on Lake Vignoni, very beautiful. Um, I think you've seen a few pictures on my Facebook. Yeah. Uh, the guy, I have to build a house for his second wife. Why? <laughs> so I know, I know this is going to raise so many eyebrows. Wife <laughs> and all that nonsense. But yes, I have to build a, a house for the second wife. It doesn't cost a lot. Um, build that. Um, and he is also looking to, um, so then another payment after one year. Um, and, and the other, uh, what we've also agreed is to see that we can increase the profitability. So then he wants to, um, he wants to, he still has a small share, which he wants to get out completely by year three. So 
um, that's the structure of the deal. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so talk to us then about obviously you've done your first deal. Um, obviously, you're now a lot more confident, but do you still go through fears and doubts um, or obstacles? What were some of the obstacles in, in, in these other deals that you, that you did? And, and how long did they take as well? So the first one took almost a year. How long have they taken you now to do? Uh, no, so from originating the deal, um, the, the fastest I've done one is three months. Two months? Three. Three months, wow, okay. So I was gutted I was going to do it in one week. Wow, okay, so talk to us about that one. <laughs> I, I originated the deal. Um, it was a little bit of a failing company. But everything was there. It needed very small work, and the seller wanted to go out in one week. So if I didn't go to San Diego, I would have closed. I would have originated it on a Monday. So I originated the deal on a Monday. Um, and I went to meet the, the lady on a Wednesday. No, I originated the deal on a Monday. Got accounts on a Tuesday. Arranged the meeting on a Thursday. And I would have got the keys for the business on a Friday. But on a Friday, I agreed the final price on, the, on Heathrow Airport going to San Diego. That meant I couldn't get the keys. Um, then that's how I failed to do it in one week um, because then I would have taken control of the business uh, on Friday um, and then start running it. And then we could do anything after that. We could do all the, all the legals and everything after that Friday. But that didn't happen. So what type of business was this one? What industry? Childcare. Childcare? Childcare, okay, sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's, that's a nice way. Um, they, when, when, when I came back, um, then obviously we, we had an, an operation um, agreement first um, sent through, um, and then this is where the problems then started coming in with, with her lawyer, um, trying, to, trying to really get the deal um, out. And actually he managed to do that. He managed to confuse the seller and say, oh, this is no good for you. Um, it was ridiculous price that we had agreed. Uh, it was a really, really, really good price. Um, so we ended up actually, um, we ended up going back to the seller, increased the price a little bit. Um, and then originally it was um, um, zero money down and then pay until we actually changed the contracts with Ofsted. So which means we would have taken um, control of the business um, take care of all the expenses and that also means the revenue um, and then within three months we'd have to pay to pay her all the money that she wanted so we went ahead and obviously we did that but because of the lawyer um, bringing a little bit of confusion we had to pay a small amount of closing um, and then paying the rest of the money once the um, Ofsted had, had come to do the inspection so yeah Brilliant, brilliant. And, and some of the other deals, so that took three months. How long did the other deals take? Um, just about five. Um, five. And then um, another, the, the other one, which is, um, which is really crazy, actually, is the uh, originated the deal, originated the deal on the 20th of December. Um, and we signed on, when did we sign? We signed last month on what, 15, 16, 14. 
so yeah um so that took less than three months but it has um that is that is partly lb or partly um consulting for equity no money down um and the structure is that we then have to deliver contract um in equatorial guinea which which we have to now create a larger business plan um for the for the government to then do the funding so it's big i can't i can't get the numbers to you now because it's not it's not gonna be um it's not gonna be good for your audience because everybody be like no you can't do that um but yeah it's such a mega deal that we'll be doing um um and it was it was about just you know building the rapport with with the guy and the owner of the company um we will take we take a controlling stake the way that the controlling stake was done is that we then have to restructure my other deals, put them in one company, and then um, offload some equity for quite a huge, um, a huge return in the deal that we've signed. So yeah, it's the structure of that is a little bit complicated for uh, for the guy who's just starting out, but it's it's fun. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so um, tell me then a, a little bit about your plans for the future. Then over the next five, ten years, obviously you've mastered the skill of buying businesses. Um, what are you planning to do with it now? <clears throat> um, I, 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 that's a good question. So I was asking myself the same question yesterday. Okay. What do I need to do? Obviously, it's not like I don't know what to do, but uh, I think the reason I say what am I going to do is that knowing what is available um, and knowing, knowing the scale um, of how a business can grow, then it becomes scary to to try and look ahead in 10 years and say, what can I limit myself from doing or what can I actually then get excited in doing? Um, so I have to rewrite my business plan really. Um, so that's, that's the scary bit. I have to rewrite my business plan, rewrite my goals um, because what I thought was, what I thought I would never achieve, now I can see it can be done and it can be done I wouldn't say with ease, but it can be done in a system that I understand. Um, so that makes me excited. Uh, so tell me, so let me go back there. So you're saying what you thought couldn't be done now can be achieved. So explain to me a little bit more about that. What didn't you think was not achievable, but now is? Um, so obviously, obviously there, there is, um, I don't know whether you've, you've had about, so, when I was starting out in business, um, I I went out to just get a decent a decent uh, decent income. That was always my focus. So like, if I, if I get a decent income, I'm happy. I can retire and die well. Um, but now I say that well, a decent income is not what I'm what I'm going to live for. So it's just it's more like what can I help create so what movement can i help create or what story can i be part of um to leave a legacy which is bigger than what i thought i could leave so that's that's what i mean by saying what i thought could be achieved so it's no longer about can i earn a can i earn a decent decent wage can i earn a decent income in a year um yeah that that that's that's okay that one i can do um then it becomes a story beyond my earning my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 
that it just becomes a story of you know how much can I use what can I use or what can I do to help other people and what in which way do I want to come you know to that state so that's how my my business plan for within will change um, and then that means my story will also change yeah okay so do you currently have any causes that you're passionate about that you want to use your business to to help so you know when you say you want to help people in what way do you want to help people what do you want to achieve as your mission um as you just described it so actually um one of the you know and i know that small businesses really struggle um and, and you know the stats very many of them fail um and and, and you also know that you've been you've been to many meetings i'm sure and and you've seen the behavior not necessarily the behavior but the lack of knowledge of small businesses to actually understand that they could grow mm-hmm. uh, by actually helping other people who are going to shut down the businesses so that's one way of saying actually i have so many clients um i could turn around and say look actually rather than you keep discussing with me a b c d um, you could come and discuss with me more growth plans rather than saying, how can I save on tax? So, so we, I could change the whole, um, the whole language. I could change the whole way of thinking. And would I be able to do that? Obviously, then that's my homework now. Um, how can I do that and how can I help people do that? Okay, okay. So I think earlier you touched on, on, on your why, uh, being your children. Um, is, is that all this is about or do you have a bigger why um, so tell me a little bit more about your mindset in terms of you know why you're going for it now basically yeah so um so obviously when i was starting out my my children were my my family was always my why um it still remains i still need to have more time with the boys but also a time comes when the boys want have more time by themselves away from you um, you have to also admit that, you know, at that stage, you also step back and give them that freedom to go and create their own stories. Um, but then at the time when they create, when they create their own stories, I believe that my why will be to um, kind of craft my story as a living example that, you know, somebody who thought they can't achieve something could actually go out and achieve something. Even if I could help one person, two people, three people, um, that that is the reason why living. Brilliant. Okay, and um, so, are you still just using brokers to originate deals, or do you have any any different methods, or what's the best practices to originate deals? That that has always been my number one, and that will always be my number one. Um, when when I stop going to um, brokers, probably then I'm gonna go look looking for. Or other low-hanging fruits, wherever they will be. But I think that, that I think um, brokers are really a good source um, if you know how to use them. Um, so I always say to those who say that the brokers are not really giving them deals. I guess they haven't known how to use them. Um, and yeah, so you can get hundreds of deals coming into your world. Okay, and, and and what what is the range in terms of revenue of the focus of your businesses? Is it do you have a range? Are you going to look at bigger deals? What, what are you currently focusing on? Or what would you like to focus on in, in the future? Um, that is a really good question. Um, so I've been, I've been changing my mind on, on the, 
on the size that we're probably going to look at. Um, so I'm giving my, I'm almost going to be out of the market uh, for the next two years um, to just concentrate on, concentrate on what I have and, and make sure that I, I deliver some of the mandates that we have, especially on the um, on our African story. Um, and if we are creating um, bigger value there, then probably if we get the returns back, we could then look at a slightly different uh, portfolio of companies. Um, so yeah, definitely the, the, the size bridge. So what, 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 in terms of numbers, what are you currently looking at? Is it one to five million? Is it one to 10 million or what? At the moment, at the moment, I've been still looking at less than five. Less than five. Uh, been looking at less than five, but probably when um, after I come back into the market, then probably we're looking at more than five. Okay, and um, for somebody who's thinking about starting the the deal making journey, or somebody that doesn't have belief that they can do it, what what advice would you give them, and what would you say is the number one skill they would need to be successful in in deal making? Um, I would just say look in the mirror and tell yourself 10 times you, you, you are worthy and you can do it. Um, I think that most, I think it's Tony Robbins that says that um, just listen to the story you're telling yourself. Um, so if you keep telling yourself a story, you're more likely to leave out that story. So if you keep saying, I can't do it, then you will never do it. But if you look in the mirror and say, think I can do it then the world will stand out of your way and you will do it and sometimes all you've got to do is stand tall and everyone will get out of your way um, sometimes you stand tall and you have that discussion that you think is going to be difficult and you actually because you've taken a stand and you're, you're determined it then becomes easier and you find that you can do it so my advice is that yes you can Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so obviously we've touched on it a little bit before, but were there times in your deal-making journey where you thought, you can't do this, this isn't for you, let's just forget about it and carry on normally, or, or was there never any moment like that? Or if there were moments like that, what, what pushed you through to get the deal done? Um, from a purely psychological point of view, from, from yourself. There is a deal that I did. Um, that I actually regretted doing it. Um, so as fast as it was, it was a very easy deal. And it's, it's, it's again, it's the same, it was the best deal I ever did, but turned out to be the uh, very complicated deal that I ever did um, to an extent that I wish I didn't do it. And this is just purely um, because I got a company from the outgoing shareholder director, um, probably she had her own personal issues. And that is on purely that perspective. Um, so, but if it wasn't for that, um, I would say that you know, every deal has its own challenges where you wake up um, and you're like, okay, where can I, where can I get the, the finance to, to finish this off? Where can I, where can I do this? Um, and, and the reason I say that is that when we were raising finance for the small bits that was left, um, the company had already been struck off from Austin, which meant that the funders would say, oh, but that company is not working. 
Now, I'm, I'm trying to throw this in. For those who have done deals, they will know what exactly I'm talking about because you're carrying your credit worthness on the balance sheet of a company that is no longer working, transferring it into a new core, which doesn't have credit worthness. So there you you're stuck. So you almost cross the bank your own capital. So that is so that that is a challenge that you you don't normally meet in LBO. Then you for you now face that challenge. Then to answer your question, every deal is unique. Um, just just be out there, be creative, um, but know that when the challenge comes, you can always look. Uh, left and right to find a way of closing the deal, but you can do it. Brilliant. So, on on some of the, obviously the final thoughts, would you say anyone can do this, or would you need a special skill to be able to do this? Only those who believe can do it will do it. Um, you can always hire a skill, so it's never about the skills. Um, I I always say that deal making. It's more of a project management. Um, if, I was to, if I was to break it down. So if you look at project management, you don't do everything. You get in guys to do what you cannot do, and that's why you get the legals. That's why you get the accountants. You can't value the deal. There's no reason why you should focus on the deal. Just get your accountant to analyze the numbers for you, and then you can together agree where you see the, you know, the price lies. That's one of the scary moments that people always you know, get fixated on. Um, if you can talk to people, why not? You know, the scary bit is, I always say, is remember the first day you talk to your girlfriend. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's really very, very scary. But once you get going, <laughs> the, you know, the rest... You know, you, you know, you you fall in love, and maybe you buy her, you buy her a glass of wine, and and then you find that you find your way. Say so relationships building, going to the sellers, building that relationship. Think about it as you know, speaking to a girlfriend. You're trying to build a relationship with somebody for the first time. Um, just gotta listen and understand what they're coming from and why they're selling their businesses, and that's the most important thing. The rest you can you can just get all the skills that you need from outside. Relationship building is the number one. Number one. Especially in the small on the small business market, it is the it is the number one thing. Um, anything, um, it, it is the number one skill set that you need. Um, if you can if you can talk to anyone, you can buy a business. If you can't talk to anyone, then that's a problem. Okay, so you've touched a little bit there, but so are you working by yourself then or do you have business partners when you're doing the deal making other than the accountants and the lawyers doing the due diligence are you doing this by yourself or are you working with other people as partners um as the deals get bigger um you, you tend to find that you need some partners to work with um but for the small deals i've been doing things by myself um and obviously you know that um i think i I've, um, I've got a couple of deals lined up um, to just put in props. So that, that's, that's, that's probably something I, I, can, I can now do. But because, you know, the, in reality, just I've been doing these deals on myself. I've been owning all of them myself. Um, I wouldn't say that's, that's getting boring because it's not. But it's getting, how can I put it? Um, have teams obviously i have teams with people um and i can get we're also building 
um, M&A team that we can then look at deals in different perspective and, and analyze them. But I would say the bigger they get, maybe you then need a team. But, you know, your first, your second, you might not need a team. But if you can't build that growth, you can't grow the business, then you need a team. Uh, you need people to look at those businesses day in, day out. So that from, because um, it's one thing to buy a business, but then the work would have just begun. It's the growth that then matter. Um, and that is why you, um, that's why you then need a team to, to know what you're doing, what you're up to. Um, and you can then work together day in, day out to make sure that that plan is delivered. Brilliant. So just one final question for those that are looking for or looking to start, what, what advice would you give them in terms of what type of deal should they be looking for um, to get started basically? Um, I would say that uh, look for something that you understand because you're not going to grow something you don't understand. Um, look at a business that you can from day one know that, you know, this is how we make money. Um, and, and, and things that people never really think about. Ask yourself a question. If the GM was to quit before you get another GM, what would happen to the business? That is why you need a business that you understand. For the starters, that is. If you've done it and done it again, it's easy to then drive through and get another person. But to, for the starters, please, please, please get a business that you understand. Excellent. So I've got no more questions. So um, do you have any final thoughts or any last words before we... Uh... Um, no. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, mm -hmm. I know that probably you're building um, an audience and, and, and you'll be telling, you know, and people will be hearing about, you know, the story. And to those who are hearing the story, I just wanted to repeat it again. Um, you can do it. Um, if you just put your heads to it, you know, you can, you can do it. Just have the confidence in yourself and, and just do it. Brilliant. Well, that, that was definitely interesting. So um, thank you for coming here, Carson. Um, definitely an interesting story. And I'm absolutely looking forward to see where you go because, uh, you know, your, your story is definitely exciting, especially with the, uh, the deals in Africa. Uh, so once again, thank you uh, for coming on and, and, and telling us your story. No worries. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. So um, that's all for today, guys. On this episode, I will see you on another um, episode at another day. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot if you would please rate and write a review. Please also subscribe so you get notified anytime a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in. Now go out and attack your Minotaur.